welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Welcome back to Freaky Fauna Friday. I am the great and peaceful mystery. And I'm Jay. We have to apologize because it's been an entire year since we've last talked to you. <laughs> Mom always made that joke pretty much every year growing up. And the worst one is the day of New Year's Eve. Yeah, see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're doing something special since it's the new year. We're going to review... All the new species to science. Oh, that's freaky. From 2023. Freaky Some of them are pretty weird, and I'm going to highlight a couple of them. All right. I'm using an article from uh, uh, physics.org. Ooh, sounds legit. It's, you know, aerospace. They have like all the basic branches of science. They just kind of put articles out. We've used their stuff before. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of, they did a nice little overview of a bunch of the species discovered, and then they highlighted a couple. Okay. Uh, because, once again, these are new species of science. And what happens a lot is that these are cryptic species that hide in a larger population. Ah. So there are species that are a close cousin that looks kind of similar enough to where most people ignore them until, uh, you know, a biologist or like uh, different botanist. phenotypes? No, a whole different genotype, a whole oh. different species. Okay. But they look similar enough to their cousins. We talked about there's a lot of the darters, the little right, fish. They, yeah. they look pretty much all the same until they go to spawn. And then they're completely different colors. Gotcha. So, like, there's a couple plants and a couple animals that have that happen to them this year. Where a scientist looked at them hard enough and be like, well, wait that's not a quite right. Like, wait a minute. So, right now accepted by the California Academy of Sciences, there's been 150, uh, sorry, 153 new animals, plants, and fungus for this year. Oh, wow. And as of recording this, there's still a couple days to get a couple more in. Just getting articles published and stuff like that. I'm sure there's more in the works. Right. I think the real number is something like a thousand what? are presented every year. Oh, okay. Presented. But it takes, you know, it takes bot- botanists or biologists or zoologists a lot of time to go through and verify. Dissect the whole situation and figure it out. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a lot, especially if there's a limited number of samples. Right. Vouchered specimens is what it's called. Mm. It's dead animals or plants we bring back to be like, look. Here's a, vouch- Here's a vouchered specimen. A vouchered specimen. That means a dead thing. Yes. Normally in formaldehyde or alcohol. Hmm. Don't drink formaldehyde. Uh, yeah. I, I had can... a buddy accidentally do it. Oh, yeah. You told me that story. Mm-hmm. He's still alive, but it was bad. I bet. So of these new species, 66 of them were spiders. Cool. The most came from Australia, which I'm sure shocks I'm, everybody. Say, no surprise there. Here's a cool one, though. Uh, I think they're all cool, but here's a really cool one. 20 of these species were sea slugs. Neat. Which is just kind of nudibranchs and stuff like that. We've talked about several times on the show. And they're finding more and more out about them, these amazing little creatures. The next one is 18 new plants. Oh, okay. Some flora. Some freaky flora action. Some freaky flora. That may be a special soon. Yeah. Freaky flora Friday. I'm not the best botanist. But I, I love plants too. I, you know, yeah. I'm a big gardener and stuff like that. But uh, IDing plants sucks. Oh yeah, I don't. I'm not very good at that. Thirteen new species of sea star, including our buddy 
The Strawberry Sea Star. That's one of the new ones this year? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. From way, like, halfway through the year, we talked about the Strawberry yeah. Sea Star discovered in, in Antarctica. So check the old, uh, you know, the freaky the fauna b- backlog, yeah. 20 species, or not, sorry, 12 species of gecko. Oh, okay. 10 beetles. Five fish. Oh. Four worms. Two wasp. And even one sea snail. One scorpion. And one legless lizard. Ooh, another legless lizard, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. And more than a dozen academy scientists, along with several international collaborations, have discovered a bunch more of these new species we were talking about a second ago. So they just haven't got fully accepted yet. So that real number is probably closer to, I'm going to guess, somewhere between 500 to 1,000. Okay. But it takes a lot of time. Some years you see a big boom because it just happened that we were able to verify a whole bunch of them. Real quick, yeah. The verification process sometimes is like three or four times longer and actually going out and finding these new species. That makes sense, though. And also, this doesn't include Noah's numbers. Noah's Ark? No. Uh, Noah the... Oh, the yeah. Deep, the, the N-O-A-A yeah. Noah. So pretty much every dive right now they're doing in the Pacific, they're finding a new species. Uh, but it's like video recording, and it takes forever to go back through and get, dissect a, a video okay. and try to decide if it's a new species or not. Uh, recently, I was watching one of their live streams and they had a new species of cyanophore. And they got lucky because the cyanophore, the world's most renowned cyanophore biologist, happened to be in lab with them that day. Oh, okay. Uh, which he was there often, kind of, you know. Sounds like a setup to me. And he looked, and he's like, well, because normally they just take pictures and send them to him. Yeah. And it was like, is this a document species? Because they're, you know, there's thousands of species of these things, and they all look kind of weird. Right. It's like, uh, don't know what that one is. He's just not, you know, he's not the best cyanophore expert out there. <laughs> So, the San, uh, San, San Hill Crane, Huquin Desert, I think is the name of this. The San Huquin Desert has a new endangered scorpion. So we're going to go through some of these guys. Uh, after being described by uh, two new to science scorpions in 2022, Academy intern Harper Forbes in Porkadin Jinnin, along with Academy graduate student Jacob Gorori and curator of archaeology Lauren. Eastapo, PhD, have discovered a new species of scorpion that is endangered, Polyoscorpius torlea. Oh, okay. Thought, to be the first, uh, thought that the species was first spotted in the Torla Basin by iNaturalist using in 2020. So you know what iNaturalist is? iNaturalist. Everybody no, at home. I don't know. It's a really cool app. It has some hiccups, sure. But it's an app, and you either take a picture of a plant or an animal and it gives oh. you, like, 80% it's this thing. Okay. 5% it's this thing, and less than 1% it's this thing. Okay. So it doesn't... It, and, you know, it makes mistakes. It's an app, right? It's not. There's no human behind it. Right. But so this scorpion was being seen in this basin, and the people were using the iNaturalist app, and they were scanning it, and it was coming back as nothing. Hmm. Which is... Re- normally, it'll give you a Hail Mary pass on something. Right, yeah. And it was coming back as nothing. So that's actually how they helped discover this. Oh, wow. It's through an app. That's pretty cool. Is it kept coming up? Is what people keep scanning the scorpion? It comes back as nothing, nothing. repeatedly. Yeah. So we uh, they check. We had checked every plot in the air. Every plot of land in the area that hadn't been developed by agricultural use yet. Unlike P. Soda, which is a close cousin. So remember the big P dot and then the second name. Okay. Because Polyoscorpius is the family. P. Name. Okay, yeah. that's the P part. 
which only occurs in very narrow patches of land in central California, we are able to identify P. trollia uh, from 12 different sites. Oh, cool. So this is a Californian native species. Okay. And it immediately got endangered species status. I know we all have. Wow. California is a weird state. It's got some pretty good laws for wildlife, though. Okay. I will admit. You know, they're pretty... Even our buddy, the Trainees Alps Giant Salamander, hasn't been proven by science, but they have laws drafted for him to protect them the second they get discovered. Right. So immediately they'll be granted endangered species status and all that, which is amazing, you know, for an animal that's not been proven to exist. They even have some stuff in the books for Bigfoot. So let's hope uh, one of those gets discovered sometime soon. It will be soon. All right. So any questions about that, Scorpion? Pretty much it's uh, it's endangered there are only the small basin area, which you know we talked about with like the Smoky Mountains dusky salamander yeah. is endangered because it's only found in one national park, which is yeah. But it's its home range. It's not that it lost all of its habitat or whatever. It's just in this valley. It's right. Just, it's just it evolved scor- separately. Yep. Any questions though for the endangered scorpion? No, that's pretty neat. A new uh, new scorpion in the U.S. Huh? Mm-hmm. California. That's where you expect it- to find it somewhere out west. I wonder but if it's poisonous or toxic. Venomous. Venomous, that's the word. Many scorpions. I don't know if any scorpions are poisonous. Oh, that's right. Venomous. Yeah, you think this one is? Probably. Okay. They didn't say. They didn't act like it was deadly lethal. But it's probably got something. It's most, I, all scorpions, I think, still have venom. But we talked about, like, Asian forest scorpions. Their stingers are pretty blunt. They have a hard time breaking human skin anymore. Oh, okay. I'm not saying they can't. But. But it would be difficult. Yeah. All right, the legless lizard. Uh, Academy Research Associate Aaron Beer is how I'm going to say how it is, which is a killer last name, PhD. Described this. All right, I love scientific names. You know that? Yeah, it's your favorite. Orchitadius Mokawudu. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. close. I think it's I think, it's like, I think you were Latin. You turned Latin when you were I saying it. My eyes started going red and blood came out of my ears. Uh, the lakeless lizard is from the sparse woodland slopes of the Sierra Nevada, the second tallest mountain range. Uh, so like other members of the skink family, this limbless lizard behaves somewhat like a snake, stealthily slithering through the leaf litter of the forest floor in search of insects and small prey animals. But unlike other related skinks, this is typically, uh, which are typically uniform in color, these guys are distinct pinkish color around the neck which intensely gave them their their uh, away as a new species. Mm, okay. But yeah, so skinks, a lot of skinks have really like patterns and stuff like right, that. Right, distinct. Yeah, and these guys have their own very distinct pattern. Okay. So it's easier to tell than other things. Did, did you say where this one was found? Uh, where of Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada? Sierra Nevada, or Dove Nevada. It's not Sierra Nevada, like the beer. It's something different. Oh, okay. Uh, but it was Golia. in Nevada. Sorry. Angolia. Oh, it's in Angolia? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like Turkey area? Yeah. Oh, neat. Okay. A lot of legless lizards over there. They used to call them glass lizards or glass snakes. Because hmm. big difference between a snake and a lizard, even a legless lizard, most of their body is tail for a lizard. Snakes have really tiny tails. Okay. So even though they're long, slender beings, most of the snake's body is mostly the torso, what you would call. Yeah. And most of the legless lizards is tail. Oh, okay. So when you'd pick up these legless lizards, their half their body would fall off. Because that's their tail That's detection. their tail defense. So they used to say they were made of glass because you'd drop them. They'd break. The tail will actually break into chunk segments. Oh, wow. And twitch. So they thought they were like glass. Oh, okay. Glass snail. Or glass snail. Snake. Glass snail. 
All right. Any questions about the legless lizard? And once again, these are brand new to science. Not a lot of information on them. You know, it's very... Right, yeah. Just getting published. Right. Off, hot off the presses. Mm-hmm. Next guy for you is Flat and Fast, the native new species of Australian spiders. Mm, yay. Burn it down. Australia, I mean, there's a reason. Everything. Uh, I love that video of that crocodile eating that shark, and then fighting a dingo for the like leftovers. Jeez. It's like, that's that's the place to be. Very Australian, yeah. And then 80% of the middle of the country will kill you just from water. Oh, okay. okay. Just from you not having enough water. Yeah, oh, it's a desert. I love watching like the opal hunters and stuff like that uh, that live out the outback. Yeah. Like really out there, and you're like... It sucks. How do they do it? Really sucks. So this is from Sarah Cruz, PhD. This is her research. Uh, she added 19 new to science flatty spiders is what they're called. Okay. So these are like uh, wide, flat spiders. They're, some of them are very large, but they are very like flat to the ground. Okay. Low riders. Low rider. I'm a little spider. Most of these spiders, uh, you made me laugh, are from the Corpius genus. Okay. This year that she has discovered, known for their incredibly turn or their incredibly fast turning speed, these small flat spiders are the fastest turning strike of any terrestrial animal on the planet. Ooh, okay. That means they could turn around and bite right faster than anything else on the planet. That's pretty awesome. They can spin nearly three thousand degrees per second. Holy crap! That's a, that's a lot. It's like a figure skater. So that would be roughly almost 10 times. They could spin around their whole body 10 times in a second. Is that, is that add up? Roughly. roughly it would be like yeah. nine and a quarter. Right, yeah. Man, that's impressive. Fast enough, you can't see it. Like I said, like a figure skater getting into a full, uh, what are those spins called? I forget. I don't know. Figure, figure, figure spins? Sure, there you go. We're talking about spiders. Right, yeah. But no, so she's done a lot of uh, really cool work. She has a total of 53 species she's added to this genus in her lifetime of work. But this year was a big year for her. Yeah. She's setting records. And like she said, uh, they're not necessarily uncommon. It's one of the, she was, you know, they were to being asked, why is it, why are you finding so many of these species? Because she's like, looking for them. Uh, she says they're not necessarily uncommon. They're just incredibly difficult to catch. Well, yeah. So most other researchers haven't spent the time to catch them to ID them. There you go. Expert. You know who she needs to hire? I bet she'll catch more. Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. I knew who you were going with immediately. Mm-hmm. He's a spider-catching expert. And nothing to mention again about them being incredibly dangerous or anything like that. Hmm. The old spinner spiders. All right, how about a plant? You want a plant? Yes. A new cliff-dwelling succulent with local roots has been discovered. While species may be new to Western science... Uh, many have exist for millennia and have long been recognized by local indigenous communities, which is the case with pretty much all of these animals. Right, yeah. Which we talk about on the Crypts of the Corn show all the time, is that most of the time the locals already know what's happening way Ex- before... Exactly. Way before, quote-unquote, science catches up. A, a white man records it. hmm <laughs> This year, Academy researcher, I'm going to try to say his name. It's Isaac Litcher Maraca. He's okay. a PhD. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he but working in Mexico. He just uh, described an incredibly rare cliff, cliff, cliff-dwelling succulent, Pachyodermia obadum, in the Saramondius Oculate mountain range. Oh, that's where it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the centuries, people, the Odam people, and that's exactly how it's spelled. What? Like Odam. Okay. 
people uh, in the nearby communities have described, you know, going and getting this plant for some medical purposes. Hmm. Uh, the native word for th- what they use is bald, naked, or slippery. Okay. Because it's a very, you, you know what succulents are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very fleshy. So it doesn't have, it doesn't have spikes. So it looks like a cactus. But it's it doesn't not- have spikes, so it's bald. Oh, okay. Or its skin is slick or naked is kind of their word for it. Okay. Like the naked plant, the the bald plant. Right. But yeah, and it grow. A reason it's avoided science for so long is where it grows. Those cliff sides on the face of cliffs. Oh, neat. Okay. Not on top, not on bottom, on cliff faces. And people were harvesting this. Yes. So that's pretty much all we have for that one. That's pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a couple more for you, and then we'll call it. We'll call it a end of twenty twenty three. Yes. The shrimp goby was hiding in plain sight. So you know what a goby is, right? Right, little fish. Little fish. Uh, there's both freshwater and saltwater gobies. Okay. They look incredible. They're very diverse. So what, is a shrimp goby like a small? Yeah. Is that why it's shrimp? Yep. Or does it look like a shrimp? So waiting to spot a manta ray from the ocean floor, Academy Researcher Associate Mark Ederman, PhD, stumbled upon a new species of Lady Elliot goby. This is the worst scientific name yet. Oh, here we go. It has every letter of the alphabet. Tom E. Um, uh, Tracius Elliot Noesius. Tommy Uzi. I forget what you said. Yeah, I'm not going to ever say it again yeah, the same way. Me either. It's a new to science shrimp goby from the Lady Elliot Islands on the Great Barrier Reef. Shrimp gobies are shallow water reef fish that inhabit the sand beds near coral reefs. They have a symbiotic relationship with uh, snapping shrimp, the, the big pistol shrimp. Oh, yeah. So basically, these guys dig the little holes, and the shrimp live in the holes. So the goby is much better at seeing potential predators because uh, they have giant eyes. They sit and they look. Right, yeah. The shrimp is much better at defense. Okay. So the shrimp will hit the goby, or the, I'm sorry, the goby will hit the shrimp with his tail and dive into the hole. The shrimp will kind of block the hole off with his big pistol claw yeah. and just sit there and wait for some predator to come by. Huh. So both are benefiting from this relationship. Right. The shrimp gets a place to live and a, a warning sign. And then the goby gets a good bodyguard. Interesting. Which is neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that could be a movie in itself. Where are they in Finding Nemo? Uh, so there was a goby, and it was the uh, purple and yellow guy. Yeah. And I cannot remember what the name of that goby is called. Me either. I know what you're talking about, though. But he was a goby. Uh, see, but we need the shrimp, you know, counterparts, love-hate relationship. Well, Jacques. Ugh, it's not the same, though. He's a reef cleaner shrimp. We need we need one of these guys. Okay. So here's my last one. is a misidentified flower. From Costa Rica. Hmm. Uh, and this is Academy Biotinist realized that the common flowering plant in Costa Rica had been mistakenly categorized as a separate similar species more than 150 years ago. So this is a, uh, this happens a lot in science that hmm. people don't realize. Another thing I think we've said on the show before and all the shows we do is that there's no such thing as a one mind of science. Okay. Science argues all the time. Right. You can find credible scientists pretty much for every side of every argument. You know, besides some of the more... The more, I guess, speculative or more wild theories, whether they're right or wrong, doesn't matter. But or just the ones with the mainstream narrative ideas. Don't know what that means. Anyways, they're making stuff up. They're lying with statistics. So basically, they discovered this species, and they're like, okay, it's this species. We already know what this is. Mm-hmm. And then nobody looked at it for 150 years, which sounds crazy, but it happens. Right, yeah, especially it's if it's like, common. Yeah. Until Tom Daniel, Ph.D., and Ricardo Cambriel, PhD, 
really started looking at this and realized it was completely misidentified. Hmm. Tom and Ricardo, good, good, good job. job. Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually more closely related to a lot of plants from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just neat. It's one of these things that just happens. Well, you know, that's why it, it, there are some good scientists still out there. They try. They try their best. So that's some of the new species discovered in 2023. Well, I can't wait to see what 2024 brings. Looks like we had a whole year of discovery ahead of us. And also, uh, you know, there's a bunch of new fossil species that were discovered, like the largest animal ever. Oh. Remember the whale? Yeah. That uh, maybe a million pounds. Oh, the one that they found at the bottom of the the, the bones or whatever? Yeah. yeah. The ancient whale, like a blazemosaur. Uh, or it may have been up to a million pounds. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine seeing that thing. That'd be pretty big. Shorter than a blue whale. Just fat. Just a big blubbery boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I doubt it could I doubt it could sink. I think it was like a boat. Just they, a big floating island. Yeah. It probably. It probably had all kinds of life on its back and everything. They're probably like living reefs. Like the turtle that has the whole island on its back. See, that was what happened, is they thought it was a turtle and actually ended up being... A whale. A whale. But we're talking like the ancient whales that looked much more reptilian. Okay. They had the actual like snouts and skull, like like more like a crocodile snout with big teeth. Tusks. Different. Probably. Different. Beaks. Different. Okay. Fine. Uh, what's your words of encouragement going into the new year? Um, You know, it's just... Uh, 2023 is over, so, you know, forget about it and look forward to 2024. You know, just just make every day the best you can that day. And it's in the past, in the past, and there's a whole year to look forward to the future. So focus on that. That's a good one. That's uh, good. There you go. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to let you off the hook, though. I think I'm going to make you keep telling them positive things. Just to, you know, sometimes... You all right, all right. That's brush, enough. Brush the dirt off your shoes. That's you know, enough. Pick up, pick up your, uh, you know, the, your clothes off the floor and dust them off. Throw them in the washer and get a f- fresh new pair on. And happy New Year, guys. Enjoy the Hopefully day. Hopefully, you guys had a great holidays. Merry Christmas and all of that. And you uh, know, say your good wishes to your close friends and family. Always check in. Remember, we talked about it for the last couple of weeks. Always check in around the holidays on. Especially more loner friends and family and stuff like that. You know, it's a hard time of the year for some people. But just try to be that light in somebody's life. That's right. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Great. Now we're going to get this one kicked off. I've been the great and peaceful mystery. And I've been Jay. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Five on a Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow... Remember to share and give it a five-star review.